Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and nice adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you got an extra buck or two lying around and would like to be a patron of this podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Music Podcast. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Levon Elm. We all love musical architecture. There's no doubt about that. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 67. Thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you this week on a cloudy, mild winter day from my home in St. Paul, Minnesota. Amazing week in the news. The inauguration, women's march, etc. I love to and think it's important to stay informed and active in the community, politics, etc. But on this gloomy but warm January day, Copper, the Wonder Golden, is going crazy. Excited to load up the car and hit the road to visit family and do some hiking. So while I listen to podcasts about current events, etc. today, we're going to try to focus on enjoying life. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. I covered three Bodine songs. That classic band is becoming an obsession of mine. Thursday, Brian K. Johnson and myself jammed out at Lucky's 13 in Burnsville, Minnesota. Great to see one of my oldest friends, Jolene, there. She was surprised at how many songs we cover that were written by Matt Gores of Elmina, Wisconsin. Great to see Tinez and Barrett, also New Jack Clyde and Tammy, as well. Friday, Brian Johnson and myself rocked out at Vanelli's by the Lake in Forest Lake, Minnesota. Great to see the Foss family faction there with bells on, having a great time. The place was packed. Saturday, Brian Johnson and I again rocked the house at Lucky's 13 in Plymouth, Minnesota. Thanks to the Lakeville North dance team for displaying some of their moves and also to Tammy, Sabrina, Stu, etc. for all the continued support. Congrats to Mr. K for getting highlighted on the Food Network's popular show, Chopped, giving tips on how to bake. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, January 25th, 2016, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Holt, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Thursday, January 26th, Brian Johnson and myself will be rocking out at the YZ Bar and Grill, a.k.a. the Muni, from 8 to 11 p.m. 
Friday, January 27th. I'll be playing a solo show at Danny's in Stillwater, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. Saturday, January 28th, Brian Johnson and myself will be rambling on down to Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin to rock out at Fill-In Station from 7 to 10 p.m. Guest this week is part one of three with keyboardist and multi-instrumentalist of the popular indie rock band Tapes and Tapes, Matthew Kretzman. We discuss other multi-instrumentalists, unique gear, sports talk radio, recording at a cabin in the woods, etc. Enjoy the conversation. Mr. Matthew Kretzman. <laughs> hey, Mark. Well, welcome to the Mark Stereo Music <laughs> Podcast. How are you doing today, man? Really good. Enjoying the snow globe outside. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> the first time I met Matt was at our friend Brittany's house. It was a beautiful day, gorgeous. It was almost like a summer, winter day, and now That's today right. it's like it's like the end of the world kind of stuff. <laughs> yep. Roads are terrible, yep. but uh, it's good to be here and hanging out. Uh, uh, Matt was with the band Tapes and Tapes, a very popular indie rock band around the Twin Cities. Uh, so how's it going today, man? Really good, really good. Just kind of, I'm glad to be home. Made you drive across town to uh, to get here, so so I feel kind of guilty, but kind of good about that. Oh, I found, <laughs> like I said, the cool Pierce Butler back road was, was kind of cool, so, so no worries about that. We're here at Matt's beautiful home in Minneapolis, <laughs> and we're talking some architecture here. We kind of like some of this Twin Cities architecture variety. He's got a beautiful Cape Cod home. Um <laughs> You want to tell us about it real quick for the heck of it? Oh yeah, sure. We just uh, we we uh, my wife's an architect, and I'm I'm you know in addition to being ta- in tapes and tapes, now I'm I make my living as a general contractor. So we kind of get down on house stuff, um, like renovating and thinking about all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, we found this house actually just this year, and just love it, and like being close to the lake and everything. So it's awesome. Very cool, man. Um, so in tapes and tapes. You were the keyboardist yep. slash multi-instrumentalist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what does that mean? Well, I grew up, my first instrument actually was piano. And then when I got to the age where I could be in band class, then I wanted to play horns. Um, so I kind of let the piano slip a little bit, probably to my mom's chagrin, because um, she's a piano player. <clears throat> but they let me do it. So I, I got into uh, trombone and euphonium then. And kind of carried that through for a long time, like band through high school, into college. I went to Lawrence University in Appleton, um, so kept playing in groups there. And then... Um, what was the instrument you just said before, though? Euphonium. It's yeah. kind of like a baritone or... Okay. Yeah, like a mini tuba kind of thing. Same kind of embouchure as, as trombone, but... Um, instrument you know so so yeah that's that's really where my proficiency laid and then after college I met Josh and uh, there's this other guy Steve who we uh, started the band together because Josh and Steve both both played guitar and they were like well we need a bass player and I was just like I don't don't play bass you know I don't play guitar I don't play (laughs) stringed instruments and 
they're like, ah, oh, it'll be fine. You just, just play it, you know? So that's kind of how we started it. And then we, you know, we, we used pre-recorded drum tracks. So we put on CDs that we would like press play on the CD and then start playing the song. And we had two. Really? <laughs> like on a CD player, you'd hit play yeah. and jam along top of that? That's right. <laughs> it was very lo-fi. Um, so yeah, so we did that and then, and then, you know, we kind of gradually incorporated keyboards just cause I was like, ah, it's, you know, this would be fun to have that element. It just seemed to make sense for the song sometimes. And then eventually, um, Steve went on to grad school and we just, Josh and I decided to get a real drummer at that point. So then we could kind of legitimize playing out. Nice, man. <laughs> Uh, who are your favorites uh, multi-instrumentalists Ooh. over the years? Um, a couple that stand out to me would be uh, uh, the guy from the band. Uh, Garth Hudson, right, from the band? Right. Yeah, I mean, I love the band, you know. So I just watched The Last Waltz probably in the last month because they had the 40th anniversary thing. Oh, dude. Um, you know, it's, it's just... The great, it's the greatest concert film, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely love them. And then, like, you know, contemporary-wise, uh, I mean, I don't listen to Wilco quite as much, but they've had a lot of great multi-instrumentalists. Um, That's the one I was thinking of, too. Yeah. Um, the one guy, he's dead now, but the one that him and Tweety used to fight all the time. Yeah, Jay Bennett. Jay yeah. Bennett. Yep. I know I love the movie and had love his parts and all those. Like yeah. My favorite vocal record is the Summer Teeth record. Yeah. And he's got his cool stuff all over, but in this, like, yeah. when you record in Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, he seems like an absolute pain in the ass. Yeah. Probably. These singers puking in the bathroom during takes. I mean, stress level's got to be up there. Huh? Yeah. I would think, I can't, I can't quite relate to that level of stress. Um, but definitely there must have been some ego clashing galore going on there. Yeah. <laughs> Who's their new guy that does it? Is that the Nels Klein, maybe? Well, he does guitar does stuff, guitar? and then they have this Pat Sansone guy that does some, you know, guitar, keyboard stuff. You know, not too many, uh, I, I can't think of too many that do horns and keyboards, not to say that I'm exceptional in any way, but um, that's, I guess the guy from Vampire Weekend, I've seen him do kind of some, the guy that plays keyboards for them, he does some multi-instrumental stuff. So yeah, it's kind of, I mean, again, it, it, tapes and Tapes is a guitar rock band, you know, so keyboards are kind of like, I don't want to say inconsequential, but it's it's sort it's just sort of like there to, to kind of elevate other things that are going on or, or be a counterpoint, you know, to, to different parts, you know. So it, it's like, and, and it evolved a little bit too because we went from a three-piece to a four-piece because it was worth having just like keyboards and bass and guitar and drums, you know, so we kind of did it that way. Um, and, and then I just kept the horns around because, because I knew how to play them. <laughs> it was, it was like, and I, I bought a trumpet on Craigslist too at one point. So I was like, Oh, the trumpet, you know, trumpet cuts through a little better and it's more portable as, you know, for, as a live instrument. So I think with the keyboard stuff, the church adds a really cool mood yeah. to, to overall, to, to the whole scene. Um, I even got one written down. 
your like the rig or the sound you're using for the song, the saddest of all keys, the organ, oh, yeah. the creepy organ on that, like the live version. I heard that. That yeah. sounds sweet. Yeah, that's we, like creepy. That one's a that one's a real B three that we recorded on with that one. We did that record at Terrarium, so they have a B three there. In your heart, you know you have all things to show. I beg you to leave on the cross and on the barrel. Um, and so that was fun. I mean, that's just a ripping instrument, you know. And so live, obviously, I had a not a B three, but it sounds decent enough, you know, okay. in terms of modeling those sounds. So, are you kind of a rig snob and all? Uh, you know, I. F- a little bit. I mean, I, I kind of, I, col- I I I don't want to say I collect, but I have accumulated a handful of keyboards over the years, and some of them are just definitely not cool. Um, like, I have I have two Yamaha PSR four hundreds, and it's like that's like a that's like a home like kids keyboard, but it's got like two or three sounds on it that we mined that are just like. They're great sounds. They're like legitimately cool, interesting, and the you know playability on it was totally fine. Or like even the Casio, uh, like SK One or whatever that oh my God, that little I used to one. Have those when I was a kid. It's like that the flute sound on that's actually really good. So we kind of got into like there's just applications for different things. So my, like my typical, and then I got one of those Nord Electros, you know, which this is just a great all-purpose kind of like. That was what I toured with mostly, and then with that Yamaha, that's why I bought two of them because you can't buy them anymore. <laughs> but and then I have other just like synths and other things that I kind of like used over the years and different stuff. So very cool. Yeah. Um. So as a keyboardist, who was some of your primary influences on the piano or the organ or? Um. Let me think here. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it, a a lot of how I applied it actually was probably with more of a mentality of like arranging like a horn player more than a keyboard player. So I probably used it that way more than, cause I'm not, I'm not a virtuoso by any means on it. So I can't say like, uh, you know, I love, I don't know. Billy Joel. Prince or something like yeah. that. I mean, I do love Prince, but like, I can't be like, oh yeah, he influenced me and I like to rip like he does, you know, because <laughs> it's just like, that's not going to happen. So like, uh, so that's, that's kind of like more, I think how I approached it probably, you know, and then, and then, like I said too, like texturally, like, you know, in terms of how we like mine the sounds and like used them texturally in the, in the, in the sound, in the song. So very cool. Yeah. So as like a horn player, um, or geared more towards the horn, horns, like do you listen to like kind of jazz stuff, Miles Davis stuff? You ever doing improvised yeah. stuff? Um, not not within a tapes and tapes setting, you know. But like certainly in college, I was really into jazz, and you know did some jazz combo playing kind of stuff, or yeah. with the trombone and like, um, and you know I still still like listen to some jazz, you know. I mean, I'm trying to think of some popular trombone players, Glenn Miller. He's an old old one, old yeah, timey. yeah. There's like Wycliffe Gordon was a is a guy that uh, 
played in Wyndham Marsalis's group, but he's he's done some solo records that are that are pretty interesting. I listen to piano players quite a bit too, like Brad Meldow or um, uh, Marcus Roberts. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there's variety, you know. I don't consume as much music as I once did. Uh, kind of, I don't know if I'm ashamed to say so, but uh, it's more just sort of a function of like my work and like just not being in the scene as much, you know, like. Not that, you know, I still love music, and I'm still making music, too, but it's just sort of like I've got this sort of, like, uh, uh, I don't know, just not, not you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. I don't listen. Yeah. I mean, I listen to certain stuff. I try yeah. to download records and stuff. Like, yeah. like I like enjoying new stuff or want to interview people i'll download a bunch of records yeah and, you know if i didn't if i just kind of heard you guys or or saw you once i like to really this podcast has got me more uh well-rounded with all that kind yeah. of stuff but mostly i listen to podcasts and talk radio man yeah <laughs> yeah 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 that's another thing yeah I've, like i never listened to sports radio before but for whatever reason like I, the last year or two i like i listen to some sports radio and it's like it's just like a great diversion you know and like and same public radio or, or uh, you know, podcasts as well, you know. But it's like, and yeah, I don't, it's weird, yeah. It seems like sports radio kind of takes the edge off the world a little it bit. It does, yeah. You know, like if you're driving around in, in like, you know, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer <laughs> yeah. animated series weather like this, you know, and you have sports radio on, it's kind of like, oh, I guess the world isn't that bad, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've kind of been on a sort of like trying to, at least not totally have a media blackout on on news, but I've been tapering my consumption on that just so I, you know, don't don't lose perspective or don't get too worked up. Oh, seven the total opposite. I listen nothing but these politics. I, you know, I'll pull them. Yeah, I was yanking out my hair as I pulled into car here right now. Yeah, I was watching uh, this last couple of days of a binge uh, binge watching and tapes and tapes on youtube and yeah. and uh there's one you guys did some live you guys do a bunch of little, a bunch of radio interviews and stuff and there was one you did a live show i don't know i didn't write down what song it was but what's the keyboard you're blowing something into oh the keyboard? yeah melodica what is a melodica oh i got it right here you show it this. yeah, yeah the, the more screwed up this podcast is the better man <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's just uh it, it it's exactly what you say though it's an air keyboard um so um this guy you can buy them online, um, but yeah, melodicas are. I started using this more in the acoustic setting. That's what it was. It was like the um, acoustic song. Yeah, because we we ended up doing a lot of. We'd always end up doing these radio promo things or whatever when we get into town on tour and stuff, and it was always kind of like, well, Josh can strum by himself, or you know, sometimes Jeremy could play along some drums or whatever but it was kind of like it's a really easy acoustic instrument to set up and just be able to like blow into and it's a it's a nice kind of accordion kind of sound you know so, cool yeah yeah check rock it out there man it's 
a little like out of tune, I think, because it's been sitting so long. But it does sound like an accordion. But it's pretty. I mean, it's just it's a good sounding little instrument, you know. So, oh yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. My grandpa was an accordion player. Yeah, that's tricky. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh. So you're just blowing into air like the air is like the accordions like the lungs and and you're using your own lungs to blow the air through that. Yeah, yeah. It's just got reeds in there and yeah. Wow, Super, that's cool. It's a great instrument. They're cheap too. I mean, they're really cheap. You know. So since this episode, we're kind of focusing on you being a multi instrumentalist. Is there any other kind of <laughs> instruments that we should know about that you play? Random stuff. Um, I don't you think play so. mean spoons or no. Yeah, no, I got no spoon. I got nothing on spoons. Um, yeah, no, I. That's this. I forgot about this one. That's that was a good remember. You know. So how about how did tapes and tapes kind of get started? Did you guys ever have to do the whole, like I got four shows this week just grinding it out all over? Did you guys did you guys ever have to do that and build yourselves up, or how did you guys kind of form? Uh, you know, we like we formed like I said very informally. Um, we didn't, you know, we just but we but we did enjoy practicing and we enjoyed. I mean, it was pretty scant our ability to get a show you know especially at first you know and we'd play in our apartment you know for like eight of our friends or something like that or you know eventually we did i think our first show was at fourth street station maybe down <laughs> lower town it's just just a disaster um and oh, I, that, I don't know if it's around anymore i don't think so i mean the place might still be there but <laughs> the it was a real metal kind of vibe there um yeah we played there once and i was in the i had my country band for years yeah yeah but we kind of like focused on recording so we made our first ep probably in 2004 um seven songs and then and then we actually worked really hard i mean we got we did our release show at the entry which was great um and then but we didn't even headline really our own release show for the ep (laughs) which is hilarious um and then we did a tour out west that we kind of booked ourselves and like you know just hit hit the road and Mm -hmm. tried to do it that way and then just travel around in a van and cars and stuff like that yeah we had a we had a forerunner a toyota forerunner like an suv and basically had very we i don't think Josh and I brought amps because there wasn't enough room for it. We had like a drum kit, and then Josh played like direct through one of those uh, pod things, you know, and it had yeah. like an amp modeling thing. And I <laughs> just basically did my bass and keyboards direct. I mean, it was super lo-fi, and but we had a great time, and um, and you know, just kind of got to experience it, and and we just worked really hard to like get those shows and get to the places and do it, you know, and just kind of like. And then, like, for the the other stuff, I mean, then eventually we could kind of book some shows in town, but I don't think we ever tried to play a ton. And then after The Loon came out, then we, then we were able to book more shows out of town, you know, and that sort of, like, snowballed in a way faster than, than you know, just getting shows in town. Yeah. Uh, reading your reading about you guys on on the internet, um, you guys started in Carleton College then. Yeah, so Josh and Steve went to Carleton, and then I went to Lawrence. Yeah. So, um, but it says that you guys recorded your first record at a cabin in the woods or whatever. This is true. Now I 
am a big fan of recording <laughs> and writing songs because in the summer I live in a cabin in the woods. Yeah. Out by my hometown in Turtle Lake, Wisconsin. There's my family's a cabin there in the lake. And yeah. I write songs out there and have campfires and yeah. drink cheap beer and that <laughs> kind of stuff. Uh, where was this? What was your cabin? I'm just kind of curious how that all went down. Yeah. So, I mean, this that was our first EP that we did there. And that was in... Uh, like near Webster, Wisconsin, my folks Webster. have a cabin. Yeah, you know Webster? Yes. Right. Yeah, so it's right up there. And, um, yeah, we went in the winter. My parents closed down the cabin in the winter, but you can, like, turn the heat on without water, you know? So we kind of just, like, hold ourselves. Again, this is, you know, this is before the real famous Cabin in the Woods album, you know? <laughs> um, but we just kind of... But there, there, there's like a stir craziness and like energy to that album. That's still like we didn't, you know, we had we had some recording equipment that we put together or cobbled together, you know, and it's it sounds rough, but it's just like it's a fun recording. Like I, I still like it, you know. Um, was it like insulated the cabin or yeah, just had that yeah, heat so we going? could turn the heat on, yeah. So. Um, just that like, is something special about that being in the woods in Webster. Recording yeah. <laughs> stuff. So how did you even know how to record yourself? Where to put the microphone on the on the guitars or all that kind of stuff? I mean, yeah. I mean, Josh knew more about that stuff than Carl, our drummer at the time, or or I did. You know, but we just kind of it was just trial by fire. And there's mistakes on it, you know, that we just kind of let go, or there's you know hisses or. I don't know. There's there's all kinds of things wrong with it, but it kind of just adds to the to me because it's like it wasn't like at that point we weren't we weren't like a polished band, you know. So like, why try to make a polished recording? That just to me, that is kind of a it's not a pet peeve or anything, but it's like when I hear something that sounds too polished but doesn't have kind of the energy or the kind of grit to it, you know, or I don't know. There's there's something that's very charming about that album that maybe only I and like Josh and a few other people like <laughs> actually <laughs> appreciate. But but to me I'm like oh, I wouldn't change anything about it. You know even the but we 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 recorded it poorly. That it's like it's we've looked into like trying to remaster it and it's it would be a challenge to remaster. It. <laughs> let, me, let me put it that way. <laughs> Can people buy it still? No, not right now. Um, so we, yeah, we, we basically pressed a thousand copies and then never printed another one. Um, so we did sell them all. <laughs> nice. Well, that's <laughs> good, man. Yeah. But, um, but that was probably, we probably sold out of those over 10 years ago and we've thought, like I said, we've thought about it and like looked into the kind of remastering possibilities cause it, it probably needs some kind of treatment, but I don't know. Maybe, leave someday it, it might. It, yeah. yeah, someday maybe it'll see the, see the light of day again. All right. Well, Matthew Kretzman, thank you for being on the Mark Steere Music Podcast. Can I, you want to do another podcast or two? Is that cool? I can do another session. Oh, yeah, yeah, sounds good, man. Uh, I always do a story behind the song segment. Um, if we can't get a hold of something on that record um, oh, right. to play at the end of the podcast, <laughs> um, one song that I've been kind of cranking on all day long is. Uh, uh, Hang them all mm. off of your 2008 "Walk It Off" record. What's the story behind that song? Um, that was, uh, I mean, Josh wrote that song, so I mean, I, I can't quite know what uh, what all what all's in the in the lyrics and everything, but it was definitely like the more single kind of driven 
song for that second record. So, um, yeah, we, we were like, we rehearsed that whole record down in the basement of my old house and then recorded that one with Dave Fridman out in Fredonia, New York. So that was a cool experience. Um, uh, Dave had a B3 too that I, that I think I got to play on that record if, or that song, if I'm remembering right. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a good, uh, kind of got that, uh, dancey sort of drum beat and everything. So yeah, great yeah. song. Um, Mr. Matthew Kretzman, thanks for being on the Mark Stary Music Podcast. Please tune in next week for part two. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Stary Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you would like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Stary Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on the show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. <laughs>